Good morning. This is the third week of our venture into bread, living bread. My hope this morning is that uh, it doesn't become stale bread for you, but true living bread, God's presence here among us that we uh, understand and that we physically consume. Um, Pastor John, just a couple of weeks ago, talked about how this notion of feeding 5,000 um, with simple elements was not necessarily just a miracle, but a sign of God's gracious love in the world. Beth talked last week about what does it mean when we come to Jesus? How do we believe? What is our response to this sign in the world? Well, today we're going to uniquely tie what we've heard in the last couple of weeks, this sixth chapter of John, the bread of life, living bread, with our psalm. We don't always read our psalm on Sunday morning, but we're going to have a chance to look at that and dig into it and understand the sensual nature of God um, and how the provisional nature, the physical nature of God and the metaphorical nature of God sometimes quarrel together. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to first start with a quote from Gandhi. There are people in the world so hungry that God cannot appear to them except in the form of bread. The sensual nature of God exists for us in what we heard today in John 6. It's important to note that verse 35 is the first time that we hear Jesus finish the clause, I am. And it's really important that that finishing clause is bread of life. I am the bread of life, representing sustainability and comfort and nourishment for people, but much more than that. That the provisional nature of God in this text fights with the metaphorical nature of God, the deeper nature of God. That bread of life for people who are hungry is absolutely necessary. I heard a friend of mine who talked about mission work in the world and said, when we go out into the parts of the world where people are hungry, let's not give them a Bible. Let's give them food. Let's give them what they need. And know, much as we heard Gandhi say, that God cannot sometimes appear to them except in the form of food. We read that manna in the wilderness given by God was still not enough to sustain people over the course of time. They still died. Perishable. Perishable. We also understand that there is a metaphorical nature of God in this text. That existing for us in a world that is not necessarily enough. We experience it all the time, don't we? There's not enough time. There's not enough ecological stability in this world. There's not enough food in this world. 
There's not enough water in this world. The text for today, Jesus redefines abundance. Jesus redefines life. Jesus redefines time and hunger and thirst. Jesus redefines the provisional nature of God, the physical provisions that God provides. As we heard, that manna in the wilderness was not enough to sustain a life everlasting. That manna in the wilderness filled the belly, but not the soul. The bread from heaven is God in flesh. God's promised presence at the moment of creation, right here and right now, and in our preferred future together. Sustainability. We see today that our, if you look in your bulletin, you'll see the psalm today is a beautiful example of connectedness to this scripture. It's Psalm 34. Now, we have 10,000 taste buds in our mouths, five receptors in our tongues, five. And they include sweet flavors, sour, salty, bitter, and this great word called umami, which is, I love the word, but it's the meaty, savory part of our tongue. I don't know how it figures that out, but it's beautiful. Um, I thought before we read the text today that I'm going to invite my friend Peter up, and we're going to test this. Can we have a nice round of applause for Peter this morning? All right, sir. Okay, so you face everybody here. Come on out so they can see your lovely face. There we go. Now, we have a test. You ready for this test? All right, now, here's the first test. So you have to, um, you have to kind of put your finger in this cup, okay? And you gotta feel it. All right, so you got a sense of that. What do you think that is? Salt. Salt. Let's do another test, just because do you know that for sure? Don't know it for sure. Okay. So kind of lick your finger a little and then put it in there again. All right. And then lick your finger again. Hmm. What do you think it is now? Salt. It is indeed salt. All right. Thank you for that one. Hold on now for a second. Okay. Now, what made, when you touched it, what made you think it was salt? It was like hard okay. and rocky. <laughs> And then when you tasted it, what made you think it was salt? Um, I don't know. <laughs> was it salty? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, it was salty. Okay. So, um, again, that sensual nature of, of Peter's understanding of, of what that was, by just the touch of it, all of his sense, all of his senses up to this point, his memories, his frame of reference, led him to believe it was salt without even tasting it. And then he tasted it, and then it was definitely salt. Okay, you ready for the next one? Now, I want you to close your eyes on this one, okay? We're going to test your nose. Okay. I'm going to hold this under your nose, and I want you to take a sniff. Ready, go. Do you have an idea what that is? Say it again for everybody. Vinegar. Vinegar. All right. Let's... um. 
Let's test here. Stick your finger in there. Try it. <laughs> What's your answer now? Vinegar. Vinegar. Yes, you can have a seat, Peter. Thank you very much. Peter, everybody. Again, here's, here's the beautiful part, is physically the mouth partners with the nose and the eyes and the touch to connect our senses to our memories and our frames of reference, emotions and past experiences flood back to us when our senses work. Let's read this sensual text together. I'll read the odd number. So I'll read one, three, five, seven, and you as a collection read the even ones, okay? Let's read together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Look to him and be radiant, so your faces shall never be ashamed. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in them. The difficulty is when we look a few, a few verses back in chapter 6, verse 27 tells us not to set our minds on that which is perishable. But the trouble is our lives are nothing more than perishable fruit in the world. We are sweet and sour. We are ripe and bruised. We are consumed and sometimes repurposed, just as we understand this text for today, that the physical nature of bread in our understanding is transformed to a living bread. My mom grew up with seven brothers and sisters, and it was always when the, when the, or the uncles and aunts and my mom got together, there was always this storytelling about how poor we were. We were so poor on the farm. And they would joke that for dinner one night we would have hot dogs, and the next day for lunch we would have wiener water soup. And it was that notion of understanding that everything had a purpose. Nothing would be cast out. That even in the most perishable moments, we understand that God is working to repurpose, recreate so as we think about our lives and we think about the sensual nature of God, we think more than just salt and vinegar and chocolate and the things that our tongue 
can communicate to our memories. As we celebrate the sacrament today, and we dwell in its aftertaste, let's consider this. What does pain taste like? What does healing taste like? What does injustice taste like? What does righteousness taste like? What does hate taste like? What does mercy taste like? The bread of life is more than just a physical provision. We experience Jesus feeding us in different and transformative ways. And we've heard it in every story in the gospel. The feeding of the woman at the well was not just about water. The feeding of the leper was not just about a physical healing. The feeding of a criminal on the cross was not just about a physical pardon. Caroline Lewis reminds us that our past cannot be changed, cannot be forgotten, cannot be edited or erased. It can only be accepted. But Jesus, the bread of life, the living bread that comes down from heaven, who enters in, does not look to change, forget, edit, or erase our life. Instead, we are recreated, repurposed as children of God. We are perishable, but consumable. And when we are consumed, people can sense the good and gracious love of God in us. Taste and see, the Lord is good. Amen.